And at the end of the day, I look back and I realized that I was doing the best that I could and the best that I could was what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And instead of being getting down on myself, getting to a point where I didn't feel as though I was doing enough, like I think realizing my worth and realizing how good I was doing mm-hmm. was more than enough that anybody could ask for. Welcome to Behind the Number, where we are bridging the gap between personal development and athletics. Each week, we'll either have an athlete, a coach, a psychologist, a social worker, or even just me dropping gems about my findings. I'm your host, Kayla Hughes. Let's get into the show. Guys, welcome back to Behind the Number podcast. So before we jump into today's episode, which we're ending off the month with a bang i wanted to up on what's going on if you're a coach if you're a parent of an athlete if you're an athletic director or if you're just involved in the sports arena um we're offering a student athlete journal it's called dear student athlete who are you and it's just a self-reflection journal giving athletes you know the time that they actually have right now to reflect upon themselves their core values how dedicated they are their motivation and their vision among other things i won't go too deep in it but if you are you know in the sports industry like i said be sure to hit the link in the show notes and get your athletes started. It's completely free. It's a five-week series. So each week they'll have a series of questions that they answer and could reflect on. So that's what's new and what's going on for right now. Now that we're into today's episode, we have Katie Healy. Guys, this one is a good one. Her energy is in and her journey is so inspiring. She takes us through what it was like having two parents play ball at the collegiate level. Also, what it's like transitioning to life as a coach. I won't hold you up much longer. Let's hop into the show. Hey, Katie, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. So this episode, I just want to go through the evolution of you. What you know, started your journey as a student athlete and now what you're doing post-athletic career, okay? Sounds good. So first off, let's take it all the way back to like (laughs) your childhood. So were you a sports person or were you just thrown into it and got better? (laughs) So both my parents actually played college sports. My dad played college soccer down in Greensboro, North Carolina, and my mom played college basketball at Wagner College. Mm -hmm. So I grew up playing sports. Um, I played soccer for majority of my childhood and then started getting into basketball around the age of 10, I would say. Okay. And then just continued through and ended up choosing to play basketball instead of soccer. Why did you choose basketball over soccer? Um, It came down to playing both at a competitive level, and Mm -hmm. then I felt as though basketball would get me further in getting a scholarship and being able to play at the next level, Mm -hmm. and my AAU coach at the time had such a huge impact on my life, and just how passionate he was about the game and how passionate he was about impacting my life at such a young age really probably got me into coaching and wanted to be coaching and continued my route through basketball. Right, right, and so what would you say was something that was instilled in you since like your whole childhood playing sports? I would definitely say having a blue collar work ethic. Both my parents played at the next level. So they knew what it took to be a college athlete. My dad played um, at a junior college at first and then went for his final two years down at uh, Greensboro College, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. 
And as soon as he stepped on campus, he was named captain of his program. Oh. So that was instilled in me, just put your nose to the grindstone and keep on grinding and don't listen to what critics are saying or don't listen to what other people are saying. Just do you and be you and your work will show. So knowing that you had the guidance and basically the blueprint from your parents, like you said, that, you know, work ethic, how did you manage, you know, being an elite athlete and a scholar student? Because you definitely were a really great student. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, It was definitely just being mindful of what was important and prioritizing what um, I felt would help me get to the next level. And then getting into high school, my mom was actually my high school coach. So having her as my leader and understanding her expectations for me really made me hold myself to a higher standard and understanding that I had to prioritize my schoolwork and my basketball work in order to have fun per se or do what I wanted to do when I had my free time. Nice. So how did you guys separate, I guess, mom <laughs> from coach? <laughs> It was definitely very, very challenging, uh, but my mom is my best friend, so it definitely made us closer. Mm-hmm. So as soon as we hit the hardwood, it was coach, 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 and as soon as we got home, hey, mom, what's up? Like, just kind of mm-hmm. try to separate as much as we can. Um, and now she's my biggest supporter and is freaking out in the stands watching me coach. So it's that. <laughs> like, that's my mini me, literally. Mm-hmm. So we have the same you- coaching voice and everything. So. I, I bet. I bet. <laughs> So what do you think is what, not what do you think, what was the most challenging part about, I guess, prioritizing? Because you had, like you said, your mom as a coach, somebody to guide you through balancing academics and athletics, but not everyone has that priority, Mm -hmm. you know, that list or someone there to be like, hey, this comes first, this comes second. So how how did you maneuver through those challenges? I think just keeping my mind on the prize and knowing what I had at stake because I committed such at a, such an early age. I committed going into my sophomore year of high school. Oh. So I knew the expectations that I had and what standards I had to meet in order to play at Seton Hall mm-hmm. and maintain my scholarship throughout college. Um, so just keeping my eye on the prize and realizing, hey, I'm getting four years free. Might as well put the work in right now and earn this scholarship, not just get by. So when you speak about now going into the college arena, right? You committed Mm -hmm. young in high school. So now you're in college. Do you think you were prepared for the college experience on the side of mentally, emotionally, and socially or no? Um, I would say I was prepared for knowing that it wasn't going to be easy, but as soon as you step on the campus, it's a whole different ball game. I think I was prepared as much as I could be, but then as soon as you start doing it, it's like a whole different world. (laughs) But definitely just knowing that I had to put the work in, my trainer was very big on just do what you got to do, keep your nose down, keep your head down and keep grinding. Um, So that's what just, I had my mindset my first few years and continued till my senior year. Nice. So, and now pivoting back to high school, I know that there aren't really specific courses or classes for student athletes to help them with the athletic journey. Do you think that's something that would have maybe helped you out? I know you said you had the guidance of your parents and they, like we said before, gave you the blueprint, but if they weren't there, do you think these classes or a course would be beneficial? 
yes, I really do think so. And I think our guidance department was huge in impacting and helping me stay on course. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of guidance counselors that are unaware of what student athletes need to do in order to succeed at the next level and get into schools and what grade point average they need to have and what SAT scores and all that stuff. Right. Um, but our guidance counselor was very big on knowing what a student athlete needs in order to get to the next level. And I think that helped me a lot to stay on track academically. That is very important because as you say, not, it's not even that a lot of maybe guidance counselors don't know, but maybe at some districts, I know they're so overwhelmed with all these mm -hmm. students. They don't really have time to narrow down on the specific journey of a student athlete and to help mm -hmm. them out. Yeah, I think it's, it's such a disadvantage to student athletes that aren't, don't know what to do or how to go about it. And then at the end of the day, it could hurt them getting recruited. Right, right. So when you, now going back to college, <laughs> we're pivoting back and forth because they, they go together so, you know, easily, mm -hmm. um, especially in your experience. So going back to college, like you said, it's a new workload, both athletically, academically, you're learning new friends, you're learning mm -hmm. how you are by yourself. Did you ever go through a period of uncertainty or depression? I would definitely say uncertainty, mm -hmm. um, just the overwhelmed from the workload. So going into my freshman year, I redshirted just to get stronger, develop more. Um, and I was also behind one of the greatest point guards to ever go through Seton Hall history. So just learning from her and developing against her. And then going into my sophomore year, at the end of my freshman year, I was named captain. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of pressure, a lot of outside pressures and internal pressures that I put on myself in right. order to succeed. So I would definitely say a lot of uncertainties and a lot of pressures come with being a student athlete. I agree. So you said you became a captain your sophomore year of college. Yes. So technically my redshirt freshman year. Freshman. Yeah. Yeah. So how yeah. was it different now getting like, let's say the older athletes, the seniors, the juniors to really follow you? It was definitely a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> At first we got told, so my coach told me five minutes before our team meeting, we go into the team meeting and it was instantly like, wow, this freshman's coming in here. And I was, I was scared. I was nervous. I was excited, but just having the support of my coach and knowing that he believed in me mm -hmm. and just continued being myself as much as I could, because I didn't want to change who I was or what I was doing to appease anybody. I just wanted to work hard and let my work show like that's why I was a leader. Yes, that's so important. And I think that contributes to you being a coach now. Mm -hmm. You know, the experience that you went through, you can help your student athletes. So let's talk about that. How did your perspective shift from coach to from athlete to coach? It was a quick transition. Um, <laughs> so it was definitely, I think being a captain for the, my last three years at Seton Hall definitely helped me make it an easy transition because mm -hmm. of the fact that I always had to have my head coach's thoughts in the back of my head. I had to understand where he was coming from. Him and I, to this day, have a fantastic relationship. I lean on him a lot for any advice or what I should do. And if he needs some advice, he always reaches out to me. So I think just understanding where the coach was coming from really helped me understanding in my position now mm -hmm. that I get where the girls are coming from and I understand but at the same time always having our coaches back and getting trying to get the best out of them and having them reach their full potential right right so what was your biggest adjustment because I feel like as a as a captain now you still have that player to player type of relationship mm -hmm. whereas a coach it's more of okay I'm going to push you to be hard but at the same time 
you can come talk to me about things that you're going through. I think finding a middle ground of realizing that I wasn't a player anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm still the same age as you all. I probably listen to the same music, watch the same TikToks, all that type of stuff. <laughs> but I also am not. I can't be your friend to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I have to yell at you. I have to make sure you're staying on top of your stuff. I have to get on you if you're not doing what you're supposed to do. So I think that was the biggest adjustment I had to make. So what would your athletes say is something that you're always saying to them, something you're always instilling? In oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would try to instill, especially in my point guards, just trying to be positive, um, especially if things aren't going their way in practice or if the coach is getting on them and they're getting frustrated, just be positive, shake it off in out one year, out the other, mm-hmm. um, because those point guards specifically are an extension of the coaching staff. So they need to make sure that everybody else on the team is staying steady. So they have to stay steady. Right. Right. And what would you do if like, let's say, I don't know if you had this experience or um, yet, but a team member, well, not a team member, uh, athlete <laughs> is their demeanor or their attitude is like affecting the dynamic of the team. Have you ever had that situation? Yep, there has been a few situations, and usually I, because I'm one of the younger coaches on staff, try to take them out separately and just be like, listen, you're not acting like yourself. How can we get you better? What can I do? Um, I usually try to get to go know the girls on a personal level, so usually if something's going wrong or if it's family-related, basketball-related, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it may be, um, just so I know, so that if coaches getting on them, I can just say, listen take it easy on her. She's not having a good day today. So trying to get to know the player on a personal level so that they, we can get the best out of them. Gotcha. And you would say like, would you say it's mostly external factors that contribute to these attitude changes or? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Um, (laughs) External factors and just a lot of pressures, I would say, especially being a student athlete at a high academic school, the pressures of academics, friends, family, um, mm-hmm. and then basketball on top of it all. You have a scholarship, so you have to earn it every year. You also, in co- you did a lot in college, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Like, you did a lot. You in college, you were on the student athlete committee and yeah. you were able to attend meetings surrounding mental health, which is super important. Mm-hmm. But how important was it to you to not only be on this committee, but to have a say on behalf of, you know, student athletes? It was amazing. So my, going into my senior year summer, I believe it was, or junior year summer, I forget, I went down to the mental health summit down at Georgetown University where there were two athletes from every school, plus all of our administrators, plus mental health specialists, um, athletic trainers, Mm -hmm. athletic directors, everybody was down there. And we just spoke about how we can get mental health better for student athletes and what steps we can take in order to help our athletes get through mental health struggles or just talking to somebody. So it was a huge weekend and just being able to talk to our administrators on a personal level and tell them the struggles that me and my teammates would have to go through and how we can change this and make a better culture for our whole department. Nice. So if you had the decision right now and it will be implemented tomorrow on something you can add to change the culture, what would it be? Um, So this was at Seton Hall, but I would definitely just, what we did was um, we added a sports psychologist to our department. So we were able to add, I think by the time I graduated, there were three sports psychologists in our department that were able to connect with any student athlete that reached out and wanted to talk to them pertaining to family life, personal life, friends, Mm -hmm. sports, whatever it was. And you could 
go in, talk to them, everything was confidential and just be able to relieve some of your pressures and stress and just perform better on the court, on the field, in the pool, whatever it may be. At that level, it's actually very beneficial. And you have the freedom, not the freedom, but more so the flexibility as a student athlete to like schedule time in between classes. But what about at the high school level where it's pretty structured? How would you change the culture there? I think every high school coach should somehow try to implement getting to know their players on a personal level. Mm -hmm. And somehow if they realize that there's something wrong with a student athlete or they have mental health struggles or would like to speak to somebody, they should work closely with their guidance department and be able to connect them with the proper resources. I know, like I said, my mom was my high school coach and she's Mm -hmm. also one of the high school school nurses. So her connection with athletics and the guidance department and also being a medical professional was very big on helping teammates of mine and other athletes that she's currently dealing with deal with their mental health struggles and see how they can um, overcome them and talk to whoever they may need to get their help they need. Yes, I love it because at both levels you see how it's important to have someone in place to help guide you know student athletes through this whole journey that they're going through. Mm -hmm, Definitely is. So let's wrap this up. I have one last question for you. <laughs> so it's so through everything you've been through, all the experiences that you know you've got great lessons out of, what advice would you give your younger self knowing all that you know now? Oh. <laughs> this is a tough one. Um my younger self, I would probably say don't get down on the little things and realize the bigger picture. Going through my college life, I was very high and very big on being perfect and being perfectionist. I'm a very type A personality. Mm -hmm. So um, I always want everything to be perfect from academics to shooting percentage to getting in the weight room, everything and anything that I could do. And at the end of the day, I look back and I realized that I was doing the best that I could and the best that I could was what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And instead of being getting down on myself, getting to a point where I didn't feel as though I was doing enough. Like I think realizing my worth and realizing how good I was doing Mm -hmm. was more than enough that anybody could ask for. And also like we were just talking about realizing the resources that I may have to help with pressures and outside influences that could have got me down on myself when I really shouldn't have been. So mental health, I think is huge. And I think being able to use those resources, especially as a student athlete, anybody should take advantage of them. Nice. nice. See, that's a great way to wrap it up. See, you said it was a hard question. You knew deep down exactly. It just came to me though. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. And tell everyone where to find you. You can find me on Instagram at Katie Healy, K-A-I-T-Y-H-E-A-L-Y. And the same thing on Twitter. Um, Try to tweet out positively and Instagram (laughs) positively. But hey, (laughs) (laughs) that's the follow follow back. Awesome. And I'll throw that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Look, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have, take a screenshot, post it on social media, share it with two or three people. And of course, comment, like, subscribe to this channel, and I'll see you guys next week.